Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. We have been going through the Gospel of Matthew since Christmas time. Here we, we just go through the Bible. Uh, regardless of what's going on around us, whatever um, news is out in the world, you'll know that the, the, when you come back the next week, unless we're switching from one series to another, what you're going to hear is the next chapter after the thing you heard last week. In that way, God sets the agenda. It's not our politics. It's... God sets the agenda because we're just following through and saying, what is the next passage here? We're going to be looking at verses 10 through 17 here. 10 through 17. In this passage, Jesus is asked by his disciples, why do you teach in parables? That assumes a little bit. So let me let me ask this: What is a parable? A parable um, it, it, it comes from the word uh, like parabolos, it, it, and, and it may sound like something we see in in the in in uh, geometry class in high school. <laughs> um, and, and uh, the idea is is laying alongside. So it's almost like the parallel that we think of, that two things lie side by side. Um, so you have a, a, a story that Jesus tells that is about concrete things in, in the world, but it has a spiritual message behind it. So you have basically kind of two meanings. You have this literal uh, meaning about, a, about the story at that level, and then you have... A, a, a spiritual meaning bef- behind it. Uh, sometimes a parable is is called um, it's it's a heaven it's an earthly story with a heavenly message. I like that kind of definition of what a parable is. Um, but Jesus is asked by his disciples, "Why do you teach in parables?" Now, I, I've had in uh, in some of the books that I've read in the past, um, and some of the teachers that I've heard have talked about how um, today people resonate with stories, right? People resonate with stories. Uh, We all love to hear stories, and so we should teach like Jesus did. Jesus taught in stories, and so we should teach in stories the same way Jesus did. Makes sense, doesn't it? But it seems to miss what Jesus said in answer to this question. You see, Jesus, when he's asked the question, why do you teach in parables? Jesus seems to give the answer because people don't understand. And it's kind of, that kind of knocks us off our horse a little bit. He, he says, because they don't hear. Hearing, they don't hear. And seeing, they don't see. It kind of goes against the prevailing wisdom. What is Jesus getting at here? Let's go ahead and look at what the text 
says. He says, or it says, then the disciples came to him, or came and said to him, Why do you speak in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given. And he who ha- he will have abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they don't see, and hearing they don't hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart is, has grown dull with, its, with their ears, they can barely hear. With their eyes they have closed, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Let's pray. Father, we need you this morning. Lord, we need you to understand, to help us understand what your word says. We need the Holy Spirit to come and enlighten our eyes. Open our deaf ears. That we might see Christ on the pages of these words, of this, of your word. Lord, no human preacher is capable of these things. If we are to stand and hear your word today, it is not because I'm somehow gifted. It is because your spirit will show up and open our eyes. Lord, give me grace and strength. Help me to be clear. Help me not to be an obstacle to hearing your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. You would open our eyes and our ears that we would understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Seems odd to us. Jesus would give such an answer for that. Let's go ahead and look at um, verse 10 to begin with. Then the disciples came and said to him, so it was his disciples. Let's let's keep that in mind. It's it's his disciples who come to him. They're his followers. They're already believers in him. That's who comes. And they say, why do you speak to them in parables? Emphasize the them. Them. So the disciples are asking why he speaks to those on the outside, those who are not yet believers, those who who come because maybe they want the loaves and the fishes. Maybe they come because they've seen Jesus do miracles and they want something for themselves. His disciples ask, why do you speak to them in parables? For some reason, it didn't make sense to them. 
oftentimes when we think about why did Jesus speak in parables, if we're not looking at this text, we might think, well, of course it makes sense. Stories are fun. We love to hear stories. But that's not what Jesus gives as an answer. Jesus gives two kinds of answers here, but he breaks it up into into three sections here. There's there's an A-B-A pattern. If you've ever examined literature, maybe think back to high school, poetry or things like that, A-B-A um, where he begins with an answer that's directed about the disciples, and then he gives his answer about those who are on the outside, and then he returns back, and then he talks about the disciples again. So it's maybe like a sandwich, where you have him talking about the disciples, that's the bread, the disciples, the, the bread again, and then you got the meat in the middle. That's the pattern that Jesus is using as he answers this question. So, as he's answering first about the disciples, he answers them and says, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. His disciples, they have been given, his disciples, believers, have been given to understand mysteries. Okay, the Old Testament leading forward, there was a mystery that had not yet been seen. You see glimpses all along throughout the Old Testament, there is a Messiah that's going to come. And yet, it wasn't 100% clear. There were mysteries. They didn't know everything. One of the mysteries that we see in the New Testament that is revealed is how the Gentiles are included. The Jewish people, before Jesus came, they thought this was just a Jewish thing. But when, the, when Jesus finally came, the mystery was revealed and how Jesus is the Savior for all people. Not just the Jews. He's the Savior for all people of every tribe, tongue, and nation. Regardless of what our worldview is, regardless of whatever religion anyone is, there is one Savior. There is one person who can save us from hell, and that's Jesus alone. He says, to to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. It's hidden still. It's a mystery It's not been revealed. Jesus then expounds on that. Verse 12. He says, For to the one who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. That seems strange. That seems unfair, doesn't it? It seems unfair. He says, to the one who has, more will be given. And to the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. That seems so unfair to us to think about that. What does he mean? Why is it that these people don't understand? Why is it that they don't believe? I believe that it's because they don't want to. They're rejecting what Jesus has to say. They're not interested. 
And because they don't want Jesus, their minds are blinded so that they can't believe. Being able to understand Jesus' teaching is dependent on trusting in Jesus for who He is. And if we don't believe in Jesus for who He is, we'll never understand. Jesus continues. He says, This is why I speak to them in parables. Here's a clear answer coming. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Seems strange. Seems really weird to us. I speak to them in parables because seeing they don't see. So many times, my son, kids in general, especially these days, you're trying to talk to them and where's their attention? On a phone or something like that. On some kind of little device. Their attention is someplace else and you try to talk to them, they don't even hear you. That's what Jesus is saying the people were like. He's talking, but nobody's listening. He's teaching and He's doing miracles and all these things, but it's going right past them. And why is it going right past them? Because they don't believe and trust in Him for who He is. Jesus says, Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear but never understand, and you will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, with their eyes they have closed, and their eyes they have closed. There's an intentionality about that. Their eyes they have closed. Sticking your fingers in your ear, closing your eyes. I don't want to hear. We won't believe and understand what Jesus said if our hearts are twisted and don't want to hear it. And so often, God's Word comes to us, but what God's Word says is, you're going to have to change this. But we don't want to. We like it the way it is. We like, we're so comfortable with right where we are. We don't want to change our beliefs. We don't want to change our behavior. And so we stick our fingers in our ears and we close our eyes and say, nah, 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 nah. I don't want to hear it. Jesus says that's why He spoke in parables. Now, I don't understand everything about what that meant. Maybe it means it caught their interest so that they would remember the story even if they really weren't going to listen to anything about it. And maybe sometime down the road, they'd remember that story and God would open their eyes. I don't know. But for the time being, when they heard those things, they heard, those, they heard a neat story and went right past them. Does God do that? Does God do that? I'm going to give some examples from other places in Scripture. Romans chapter 1. 
I think talks about this very concept. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 23, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. We suppress the truth. God is speaking to us, but we don't want to hear it because God's Word has demands on our lives. So we suppress it. We push it down. It's like, you know, trying to, when you open up a fizzy bottle of Coke and trying to keep all the stuff from coming out. You're trying to get it squeezed before, it, before any of it comes out. We suppress the truth because we don't want to hear it. Who, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them. Because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power His, uh, and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. What Paul here in Romans 1 is saying is that creation itself speaks to God's existence. We all are born with a knowledge of God. We are born knowing that from, from looking at creation, from looking at the heavens, from looking at just a blade of grass or anything, God made all of this. And yet we suppress the truth in unrighteousness. We keep it down because we don't want to believe it because if we believe it, it means we have to change something. Verse 22, oh, verse 21. For although they knew God, they knew Him. They did not honor Him as God or give Him thanks, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. As we continue to suppress the knowledge of God, suppress it and suppress it, our hearts become hardened and darkened even deeper and deeper. It says here, verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and creeping animals, animals and creeping things. That's the way we are as human beings. We're happy in our sin. We're happy in doing the things that, that uh, God does not want us to do. And when He speaks to us about how we can have life, about how we can have forgiveness, we close it off. We don't want to hear it because of the demands it makes. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 here he's talking about, Paul is talking about the, the end times. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. There's a deception that's there. And, 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 and people are influenced by this deception it says those who are perishing are influenced by this deception because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Why, do, why are they deceived? Because of, of the refusal 
They choose willingly, I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to accept it. Verse 11, Therefore God sent them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that they might be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Notice this. They were already deceived because they they refused to love the truth. Therefore, God sent them a strong delusion. God handed them over. He gave them exactly what they wanted. That was strong delusion. They were drunk. And the unbelieving world who refuses to listen to God, who refuses to hear His Word, they do that because they're under a strong delusion. They're intoxicated by the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul talks about this again. Therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's Word. But by open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. I'll say that again. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Why don't people believe in Jesus? There's a veil that covers our eyes and keeps us from seeing or hearing or understanding. But then the next line. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Blind. Unable to see the truth of Jesus Christ to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Verse 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for, for Jesus' sake. For God who said... Listen to this. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? The same God who created the world, the same God who spoke, let there be light at the beginning of Genesis 1 in creation. He spoke and shone in our hearts. How is this veil removed? How are our ears unstopped? God speaks and He lifts the veil. He takes off the scales from our eyes. He unstops our ears. What did Jesus do as He healed among the sick and the lame? He healed the blind. He healed the deaf. And in a way, that's a parable in and of itself. We are all, before we come to know Jesus Christ, blind and deaf. And we refuse to hear the knowledge of Jesus Christ and how He can save our sins, save us from our sins. But oh, if He will shine the light in our hearts, He will lift away the veil. No human preacher can convince someone 
to trust in Jesus, to become a Christian. It just can't happen. The only way a person becomes a Christian is when God opens their eyes. He lifts the veil. He helps them to understand what was cloudy before. I'll return to the text we started with. All that was just to help us understand, yes, God does that. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes. He returns to the disciples. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people belonged longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. The Old Testament all these promises that the Messiah was going to come and save us. All the way back from Genesis chapter 3 when there was a promise given that the seed of the woman would come, a descendant of Eve would come and crush Satan's skull. Old Testament saints, they all long for the day to be able to see God work in salvation. And Jesus' disciples were there and He says, Blessed are your eyes and your ears because they see and they hear. Believers, Jesus says this to us, if you see Jesus for who He is, if you hear Jesus' words and accept them and say, yes, I believe it, blessed are your ears and your eyes. Blessed. There's lots of people who long to hear that, who never got to hear that. But we get to hear it and see it and understand it. Blessed. I'll close with this. All of creation is crying out, there is a God. He is holy. He is worthy of our praise and glory. And each one of us, apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, each one of us are like that Romans passage. We will all, and we all have, suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. In many of us, if we have believed and trusted in Christ, He has opened our eyes. He has opened our ears. He has shown in our hearts the, the glory of the Son of God so that we can see and believe. As believers, we can praise Him for that. But if you're here today and you have not yet submitted your knee to King Jesus, Bow before Him as the King who deserves your loyalty. Ask yourselves why. This is just not enough evidence. Romans says we're without excuse. There's enough evidence just from looking at creation. Or is it because we just don't want to? 
Is it because it would just make too many changes? I want to be the boss of my life. Nobody can tell me what to do. Jesus also said, if you want to save your life, lose it for my sake. For whoever tries to save his life will lose it. Jesus is worthy. There is no sin that makes you too far gone. It is never too late. Come to Jesus. Look to Him. If you can't see and if you can't understand, pray and ask Him. Open my eyes. Open my ears. I can't do this on my own. Because it's only Him that can do it. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.